You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Acme Packing Company podcast feed. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Tyler Brooke and Evan Tex Western. Say what's up to the people, guys. AFC finalists, hang the banner. Anthony Richardson at four, baby. Let's go. <laughs> oh, you're so happy that you just don't have Levis in town, so you get to watch entertaining football. I'm gonna take oh, a victory lap. I'm I'm gonna take a victory lap on the on the mock draft pick. I did it. This is the first time in God, maybe ever, that I actually got the Packers first round pick right. I'm gonna take that victory lap. Go I for it. I'm I, I, I went all in on the Darnell Wright sweepstakes because I thought it made too much sense that the Packers would flip that pick up and go after offensive line. Because, you know, the Patriots are in the O-line market. The Jets were in the O-line market. Um, and then he went to the Bears, which is interesting. I, talk, I talked to his agent after the last time we recorded, Tyler. And he told us, or he told me, that he thought he could go as early as nine, which was when the Chicago Bears picked. Or go, you know, his floor was like 16 at Washington. Which made me feel even better about the Packers moving up, right? Because it's like you know, teams really like it, then, you know what I mean? Like, that's direct source. Um, and I don't care. I mean, it can get back to Murphy. I don't Like, Murphy's my buddy. He's not going to shy away from this if you guys are saying hashtag sources or whatever. Um, but he goes off the board. The other two guys that I mentioned throughout, you know, the entire week leading up to this, right, were Lucas Van Ness and Miles Murphy, who apparently the league didn't like as much. You know, he, he was a pick by uh, the Bengals, who seemed to just, like, accumulate the the guys that you know the consensus draft board like likes um Lucas Van Ness pass rusher at Iowa people are very split guys very split I think a lot of people see the athleticism and then a lot of people see has never started a football game we've used another first round pick on a defender and and I think that another pick on a defender is driving most of the negativity toward this pick more than anything. Yeah. I think, I think that's that n- never yeah. started a game is fake. It's it's an Iowa thing where it's just yeah. like a, it's more of a title than anything. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, good talked about it and I, I've talked to people about it too. Um, Goot basically said like, it's just like an Iowa thing. That's just like kind of what they do. And he, he even mentioned they played, a, he played a thousand snaps over the last two years. Right. Like, yeah. We watched live. Uh, we we had a stream. If you guys want to go back and check it out for whatever reason, up on the site, um, we we were watching the first round uh, all together as a family, um, you know, on YouTube on a YouTube stream and stuff like that. And uh, we ended up turning or watching the Ohio State game film, the all twenty two of the coaches' film because I have access to it, you know, during the stream, and you could see all the snaps that he played. It's like the first three snaps. That Ohio State game, he's not on the field, and then from there on out, he's functionally a starter. I think the way the reason Iowa did it 
because honestly, they were probably trying to hide the redshirt sophomore for another season and try to get another year out of him. You know what I mean? So, yep. Yeah. Well, and even Van S talked about it when he talked to Packers media is he said, yeah, we had a couple of fifth year seniors who they wanted to, to give those starts to and who'd put in their time with the program. And, uh, and so that was kind of a, a program thing that they did. So that was, that's the reason for it. Like you said, totally fake. He is, you know, he, he was their premier pass rusher this last year. And, um, I mean, I was turned those guys out over the years and certainly you know, the athletic profile fits with, with, with what the Packers like big, long, um, yep. can, can positional versatility. I mean, he can, he can move inside outside. Um, Goody even kind of said, you know, he's got the physical tools of like a Rashawn Gary, but with the positional versatility of a Zadarius Smith. And that's, I mean, I think that's a good insight into how the Packers think that they can use this guy in the first couple of years of his career. I am way higher on him than I was on AJ Epinesa. That way, uh, way higher. Yeah. (laughs) Way higher. But like he was getting like back in the day, Epinesa was getting like top five hype and things like that until he played. But like, this (laughs) is a completely different, different, just monster. Um, I will say for a guy that has the name Hercules, I would absolutely say he backs up that nickname. Yes. Yeah, so, so he shows up one, he's a hockey guy, right? Which Goot talked about in the presser. So he's late to football. He's not really playing football until he's a high schooler anyway. Right. Shows up to Iowa. He's a combo DN defensive tackle, takes a red shirt year. And then the next two years is working off the bench. He's not played that, that, that much football right like he he started the last two years but he hasn't played that much football he's 6'5 272 pounds he has 34 inch arms which means his arms are longer than than a good amount of the offensive lineman that he's going to be matched up with particularly on the inside right ran a four five eight second 40 yard dash time that's elite a 402 three cone which that's not like illegally, but if you put it in the context of his size and the fact that he's 20 pounds heavier than a lot of these edge rushers who are running under seven seconds, yeah, that that matters a lot. I mean, we watched the film. I think, Tyler, where do you have him ranked? I have him as my third edge rusher in this um, class. I had him 18 overall. Funny enough, Jackson Smith and Jigga was 17. Um, I had him as edge five. I was high on Miles Murphy and Nolan Smith, but like Murphy through Van Ness were all like, I think 13, 12 through seven, eight, 12, 12 through 18. So they're all very bunched together. To me, Van Ness was the third guy in the class behind, you know, obviously Will Anderson, who went third overall after the Houston Texans traded back up to make back to back picks, which was I, a little bit of a surprise. I wouldn't be surprised if Stroud was the owner's pick. And Anderson was the front office's pick, basically. Yeah. And then Tyree Wilson, who slid down a little bit. It sounds like, you know, maybe he scared off some people because of the foot injury that that he's dealt with. He wasn't able to run either at the combine or his pro day. He ended up going seventh to the Raiders. Um, I think particularly when you look at the draft and pick swap, right, and how much it matters, you look immediately after the Green Bay Packers pick, right? New England was on the board at fifteen or at fourteen. They brought in Lucas Van Ness as a visit, right? So that's an important piece of information. They also immediately traded out of that pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we've been talking about yep. 
what the past month, Tyler, that the Steelers have wanted to trade up for a left tackle because they, they don't want Dan yep. Moore, Morris to be there. Um, so that happens at 15 or at 14. And then at 15, the Jets pick Will McDonald, a 230 something pound pass rusher out of Iowa State that Green Bay actually brought in for a visit. I thought they were, that was a second round target potentially for Green Bay. I looked at uh, the Athletic does their like media consensus draft board and stuff like that. He was the biggest reach in the draft at the same position that Lucas Van Ness plays to put that in perspective. Right. And uh, I, I kind of liked McDonald for what he was, but the whole time to me, he was mid second round type of player. He, he was not 15th pick caliber type of guy. Was he on Aaron Rodgers' wish list? Is that why they reached for him? <laughs> <laughs> I think Aaron Rodgers' wish list right now. Oh, they, they, they signed a center. I, the the big thing was I had heard the Jets really want to get better at at center, but I think they just they signed one like right after Ma- Rodgers. McGovern, Connor McGovern, they yeah, just he, signed. He came yeah. back. He came back. I know they were poking at the uh, Ohio State kid and and the uh, Minnesota kid for a while. Um, just dumb, useless draft stuff. No, um, I like the pick. I don't. I have no FOMO. You know. Uh, Goot said, because they asked, like, you know, did you think about trading up and stuff like that? And he said, you know, we talked about what the cost of that would be and what type of players would be available at the end of the first round. The Packers have, what, like two two of the next 15 picks? And, you know, yep. two of them are, like, in a three-pick range. So they're sitting pretty in, a, in, sitting pretty in a good spot. One tight end came off the board. I don't feel FOMO with, with the wide receivers and, and where they ended up going in the draft. Me neither. There, what, there wasn't a big – Defensive tackle run, like who 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 came off the board other than Jalen Carter? It was Elijah Cansey, who was too small for them anyway, and then Mozzie Brzee. Smith was going to play nose tackle. And Brzee too, and Brzee. Oh, yeah. Brzee, Brzee was the other one. Who? Whatever. I'm I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of Brzee. I understand who he is as a player and stuff like that. I yeah, kind of feel mean, good. Yeah, they, looking at defensive line, Benton's still there, Gervin Dexter's still there, a couple of the guys that we've all been been pretty high on, you know, as as early day two picks are still out there. And, so and I think and, the edge run kind of happened like at the tail end of the first yeah. round, right? You have Miles Murphy going at twenty eight, which he ended up dropping, right? But he still goes. Yep. Nolan Smith at thirty, Felix Anudike Uzama, who they brought in on a visit. The kid from Kansas State, I really liked him. Tyler really liked him. He went thirty first to the Kansas City Chiefs, and then Will McDonald surprised everyone by going fifteen. He mm-hmm. is probably yep. the happiest person out of this entire draft. All the money that Will Levis lost, he you know Will McDonald made. That. He <laughs> he's probably like fifteen million dollars richer than he thought he was going to be. So like, good Speaking- good for him. Speaking of Levis, you know, you just mentioned two of the next 15 picks. Uh, there's probably going to be trade up for at least one, if not two quarterbacks before the Packers are even on the clock. So that's two yeah. more spots where the Packers are going to have other guys on their target list kind of like slide down. So Detroit didn't pick a quarterback. Let's talk about Detroit's draft. Detroit <laughs> drafted a running back no one thought was going to go. Well, some people, there was late buzz that he could put. Yeah, maybe a late like in the late 20s or, or 30, 31, but not at yeah. 12. Jameer Gibbs goes 12th overall to the Detroit Lions after they traded back. Um, they traded with Arizona. Arizona basically moved out of number three, got Houston's 2024 pick, and then immediately moved back up so that they could grab uh, Paris Johnson. So they basically got – they're free rolling with the Texans' 2024 first-round pick just for not taking Will Anderson, who I don't think that Which... they were going to take – 
anyway. And that's going to be a really good pick. Like that's still going to be a top 10 pick. I would, I would bet. So yeah, I I think the Cardinals won that trade and then the lions kind of got a lot of picks from the Cardinals because the Cardinals were trying to move back up for Paris Johnson. And they ended up taking, um, they ended up taking Jameer Gibbs and, you know, they're probably smart to do so. Like the bears took Darnell right at 10 and, and the Titans took Skaronsky at 11. So if you wanted any chance at Johnson, you did have to move up. They just bombed the picks though. Like Gibbs, 12, that's insane. And then they ended up taking Jack Campbell, the linebacker out of Iowa. First linebacker off the board. Um, I, I think we generally like him, but like he was mocked as like for a, like at the combine, he was talked about as like a fourth round guy. And then he slowly moved up. And I think people now coming into this were like, he's a second round dude. But like, yep. They, they picked him at 18. That's well, crazy. I'm just confused. I'm confused because they already used, I mean, they had Derek Barnes and Malcolm Rodriguez. And I know Malcolm Rodriguez was like a day three guy, but like yeah. that's two inside linebackers that can produce and no one really cares about them. I'm convinced Dan Campbell and whatever the GM's name were just like, screw the nerds. Let's, let's draft like it's the nineties <laughs> and we're that's getting a, running that's back a, at an off ball linebacker. That's a very Dan Campbell type of thing to do. But if, if you want to see how we reacted in real time, time to the jameer gibbs pick just go ahead and and go check out my twitter account at tex western we've got our the screenshots of a couple of us uh reacting to that in real time from the stream it, it was great that was that was that was the moment of the draft stream i think for for us Jesus. this year uh paul was on there and was like because i it's weird because people are getting the picks at different times a little bit. So we're trying oh, to keep that, it together. Paul got notified of the pick and was like, I saw it. It's dumber than you think. And we were like, so it's not the quarterback. <laughs> I guessed it was Gibbs because I was like, what's the dumbest thing that could happen right now? I was like another running back off of the board and not the running back that everyone says is a generational talent. It happened. And we all looked like we crapped ourselves, frankly. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it, but as as far as the board fell down for the Packers in day two. And, you know, Goot even talked about this and said, uh, I think this is where the, this tangent started, that it, it felt kind of good. They're not going to trade up. It doesn't seem like. And, you know, they worked hard for that second round pick. They want to use full value on it. Don't feel FOMO about the receivers. I think there's still guys out there. Defensive line didn't get totally demolished, like in terms of the interior guys. You already got an edge rusher because you beat the run on edge rushers that you thought were probably going to go in the second round. And now they went in the tail end of the first and only one tight ends off the board and Dalton Kincaid, right? Like Michael Mayer, who people had mocked to the Packers at 15 for a full season is still on the board, right? I mean, this could be like, uh, I, I, rem- I can't remember what draft it was in terms of the number. Was it 2014? Eddie Lacy? 13. 13 when everyone yeah. mocked Eddie Lacy to him in the first round people yeah. are freaking out I can't believe that they didn't take Eddie Lacy in the first and they were still able to grab him in the second I mean that might be what it is for Michael Mayer this year or Darnell Wright or uh who, who is or Washington you know Washington oh yeah, yeah, yeah oh goodness gracious I did it again <laughs> I'm I'm heartbroken at the idea by the way that the two Darnells can happen for Chicago yeah yeah I, I don't think they'll think... take another tight end but like I don't want it to be them. I don't want it to be them. It wouldn't be uh, fair. It wouldn't be uh, fair. Um, I will say, did we 
did we get the pre-draft meeting strategy right, but just get the days wrong? I don't know. Well, well, my whole my whole thing was like, well, one, if Wright was there, I don't know that he wouldn't have been the pick, right? I think he would have been. I think yeah. I still think that that they would have taken him if he was there at thirteen. But in terms of like what the the guys that they brought in, right, the positions that they brought in, it was a ton of edge rushers. It was right at the top, and then it was tight ends. So I would be very surprised if the tight ends are still on the board. Green Bay's picking at 42 and 45. Only one of them has come off the board in the first round that they would pass up on this crop of tight ends and, and yeah. keep this thing going. I, we, we know last year they wanted to, they just couldn't find value. Everything is lining up for them to find value at tight end. I would be surprised if they didn't use one of these picks to grab one, unless there's a crazy tight end run at the top. But, you know, there's still Joey Porter Jr. is out there at cornerback. You have the the uh, quarterbacks, you know, the Lions haven't picked one. The Rams at 36 are a sneaky team to look at a quarterback. Tampa hasn't picked one. The Raiders could look at one at uh, 38. The Seahawks didn't draft one in the first round because they took Witherspoon. They're sitting there at 37. Who knows what the Saints want to do long term? The Titans could look at one at 41. Like, there, there's options out here for, you know, Hendon Hooker and Will Levis to be, still be selected before 42. and then only what three tight ends have to make it through like a 10 pick range. Like you're sitting pretty. So what you're saying is that Tanner McKee might slip into the early second round and go before the Packers pick. I I don't know if it's McKee, but I would, I would, I would be surprised if at least one of hooker and Levis didn't go in this next range. I, I think the Rams are in on Levis. It was hard to pin down which teams were in on Levis it seemed like it was the Colts um, and, you know, maybe the Texans. I think that I, I think Stroud was a pick from ownership from what I understand from a couple of weeks ago and in the information I got. Yeah. So if the Rams pick Levis at 36 and the Seahawks pick Hooker at 37, like this draft is sitting really good for Green Bay. Packers fans should be excited right now. Yeah, there's I mean, uh, there's tons of value on the board right now. Like, there's a handful of receivers: Jalen Hyatt, Jonathan Mingo. And we just talked about the tight ends. I mean, safety's probably a little too early, but they're Utica's set on record. They're going to go after probably some weapons tomorrow. So, well, I guess it's technically today. I'm I'm struggling with what day it is, with what time it is. Uh, the first round took a lot out of me. There's a there's a roller coaster. <laughs> Yeah, East Coast time. We're 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 in past uh past midnight here. So no, I think the, the the interesting thing to me, like you said, LA and Seattle, the quarterbacks, uh, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um just kind of looking at the teams that are in between, you know, where where we start off and, and where the Packers end up at forty two, that's the eleventh pick of the second round, right? I I feel real good about Pittsburgh taking Joey Porter at thirty two. That just that yeah. makes so much sense to me. You've got the legacy. You've got a Penn State guy. Um, they need a corner. That that clicks for me. Um, Arizona, Detroit. Who you know, kind of who knows what they're going to do. But then, yeah, you got the Colts. I don't feel like they're taking a tight end. Um, they just no. took Jelani Woods last year, who was a big you know one of our guys uh, last season. Um, and then yeah, Rams and Seahawks. 
quarterbacks make sense for both of those teams. And then, you know, maybe if, maybe if you get one guy off the board, 38, 39 to the Raiders or Panthers, maybe at that point, if it's, if mayor goes off the board, maybe you move up two or three spots yeah. and, and try to grab like a Darnell Washington from 40, from 42, go up to like 30, 39, 38, something like that. Um, and try to try to go get Darnell. Um, if that's the guy that you really like. So I, I think there's, you know, the Packers have 11 picks this weekend. There's ammo to, to move around and, um, and move up and down the board. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if they do, you know, if, if one of those two guys goes early tomorrow, um, I could definitely see them moving up and trying to grab the other one between mayor and Washington. Tyler and I, when we did our mock draft, that was our exact plan was, yep. Okay. There's three Titans that we like, you know, once the second one comes off the board, trade up. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yep. I, I wouldn't be mad with that strategy at all. I'm looking, I looked at a, a, the title of this article is a Packers specific big board for the 2023 draft, right? So basically we're looking at wide receivers, interior line, edge rushers, offensive line, and did I already mention tight end? I can't remember. Um, those positions, so positions of need for Green Bay, and then the type of guys that they like, right? So I'm looking at like who's available right now. Um, Brian Branch, the safety out of Alabama, who's, you know, frequently mocked to Green Bay in the first round throughout this whole process, is still available. Michael Mayer, who uh, they apparently met at the Combine, didn't actually have a uh, top 30 visit with him. Um, He's 25th on the consensus draft board. He's still available. Uh, Darnell Wright, 31st overall tight end out of Georgia. He's available. Jalen Hyatt, who I had heard that they're pretty interested in, uh, 38th overall. He's available. Like, there's still plenty of guys on the board for an- two of these picks. Like, Tucker Craft is out there. Keanu Benton is out there. Jervon Dexter, the interior defensive lineman. Um, Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver from SMU, who they brought in on a visit. Jartavius Martin, the, the safety from from Illinois, that they brought in on a visit. Like, they're, they can make it out with a safety, a wide receiver, and a tight end in the the second and third rounds. And I think everyone will be happy. The, the only problem I see is like, I think they still need an interior defensive lineman. I really do. Yeah. And I, I know Lucas Van Ness can play inside a little bit, but you want him inside as like a designated pass rusher on like pass rushing situations, obvious passing downs. You don't want him playing like actual three, four defensive end. Yeah. They, they have, Four holes in three picks tomorrow. That that's yeah. the only thing that causes me any worry at all. And that's I mean, you're not gonna be able to fill all the holes in this draft. I mean, I, you're not expecting the world of the 2023 Packers, but you just gotta take good value. And I think that's the way I liked the process with the 13th pick of taking Lucas Van Ness. He's not gonna be a superstar right away, but you don't need him to be. What you need right now is just good players with upside that can develop so that you're ready to try and reload and make a run in 2024. Well, with how the – so I I have a question still about 13, right? Given how the draft shook out, are you happier with Lucas Van Ness at 13 than you would have been the team trading down from 13 and taking a tight end? Because that's the foresight that Goot had that I didn't 
Percy. I thought the tight ends were going to go earlier, and I thought yeah. some of these edge rushers would still be on the board. So the fact that they were able to kind of end up on, you know, the right side of both of those runs has is basically what makes me feel really good going into tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel I feel great about it, and especially because the one tight end that did go today was just the one that I was the least high on. Agree. <laughs> um, I just had a tough. If, I didn't see the scheme fit. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Him landing in Buffalo, Kincaid, like that's mm-hmm. perfect for him. Great, he will go great eat. fit for him. Yeah. Yep. So you know, you go, you go get your production. You're going to be a great player for the Bills. Um, that just leaves the Packers with two options. And you know, like we talked about with our mock mock situation, wait for Mayor Washington to go and then go take out the other. As long as the next immediate I, next pick isn't a guy desperate for a tight end or a team. I think you make a really good point about Goody reading the board and reading where the runs are going to be. Um, I feel like he's, he's done that in the past. Um, he got Gary kind of before the, the edge run in 2019. Um, I think I remember yeah, Gary, like, Gary Bur- wasn't expected to be there. No. And, and like Burns and Montez sweat were came off the board. Like I think in the next three or four picks, after Gary went. So like he kind of read that board a little bit and was like, okay, this is where we need to get our edge guy. Um, and so just o- over the years, I feel like maybe that's something that's un- underrated about Gudekunst is reading where the board is going. Um, the, the one, I guess, exception might be a receiver in 2020 um, because there was, you know, the, the stuff with Ayuk and in the first mm-hmm. round and then leading to love and, um, and you know, that, that was the one where, you know, they said that, that the runs kind of got away from them and, and led them away from receivers. But outside of that year, I feel like he's, he's played the board really well based on, um, where the other teams have gone and, and where those runs have, have kicked off. I think this, so I believe this is my last point about Van Ness and it, it just came to mind. So I want to say it before, uh, I forget it because it's, 9.50 East, uh, Pacific time right now, and we've been on air for the better part of like, you know, like Roger Goodell. Five, six hours. Um, I feel like Goodell in the chair in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> so people brought up like, well, is Joe... I almost did this in a very sarcastic voice, and I don't, I don't want to do that because these are legitimate questions. Like, is Joe Barry the guy who's going to develop um you know, Lucas Van Ness. And my answer to that is like, he's not in charge of developing a pass rusher. That's like a positional coach thing. Right. And you look at what Green Bay has done recently. Enig Barre hit the ground running, man. Yeah. Enig Barre hit the ground running and they got Hollins off of waivers and he was ready to go. And as far as like, you know, the program in general, I know it wasn't the same guys because a lot of it was Mike Smith, who's now with the Vikings and stuff, but like, Gary was a rawer prospect, I thought, than Van Ness is right now as a, you know, 21-year-old. And, you know, they got Gary to be – if Gary w- would have finished the season healthy, he would have been a Pro Bowler last year, right? Um, I don't think anyone yeah. expected, uh, you know, Zadarius Smith to get the contract that he ended up getting when the Packers gave it to him, right? And he ended up being worth it. So, like, they've kind of – broken on the right side for a lot of these outside linebackers recently. Like I kind of trust this team to develop an outside linebacker in the same way. Like they take a Zach Tom who like might not have fit with every single team, but I'm like, they have a long history of, of turning 
you know, athletic guys at that position in, into starters. Like, I, I'm not worried about Van Ness's developmental curve. Like, my no. my assumption this year is he's going to start in place for Gary. Like, he's just – he's a first-round pick. I think he's got a lot more juice than Enigbari. Like, I, I just think he's going to beat out um, Enigbari opposite of Preston Smith while Gary's on PUP or whatever. And then once Gary's, you know, is is back on the field, if he's the third rusher, he's still going to do some of that Zadarius Smith stuff where he's lined up. We were watching the Ohio State game on the stream. His first, his first snap is at nose tackle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. he's going to get some of those looks on the inside where, okay, whoever the other – interior defensive lineman is on the team right other than uh Kenny Clark and Devontae Wyatt right like whoever starts at three four defensive end opposite of Wyatt like okay maybe he'll come in for him on pass rushing downs and then they'll just have some matchup against a guard and he's just going to whip that guard like that's his role until Preston is eventually pushed off of the team I think yep I think that's fair um I think we talked about it on at least I talked about a couple of streams. I just, I love having edge depth. I saw how valuable and how much that unlocked for the, um, the Jets last season uh, on their defense and being able to have five legitimate edge rushers once Rashawn Gary is healthy is pretty outrageous. And it's going to allow for a lot of rotations to keep guys fresh uh, and have a legitimate impact both against the run and the pass. I just keep looking at this. I was distracted. I keep looking at this photo of me for the Gibbs. <laughs> I am. I I don't think I've ever been as happy <laughs> as to see the Lions, the only team I'm really worried about in the division, to completely fumble this draft. After I mean, they they've made two good trades in the last two seasons, and I think they pissed it away this year. And I think last, I mean, the guys suspended from last year that I liked, right? Jamison Williams, he Demo, the whole yeah, yeah, the whole betting thing, so. Man, I'm excited. I'm happy going into the season, man. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Carter's not in the division. Uh, Devin Witherspoon yeah. isn't in that the division. That was a weird – so we talked about Ta- this a little bit on the stream. Like, Jalen Carter, they flipped one spot, the Bears and the Eagles. Everyone I had talked to said that, like, that was the firm, like, bottom-out floor for Jalen Carter because both the Eagles and the Bears had, them ra- had him rated as their number one player. I just don't understand it from the Bears' perspective. If he was actually your number one player and you're okay enough with the character to actually have him rated that high on your draft board, why then did you move down a slot to not take him, knowing that the Eagles were 100% going to take him? It's not like yep. this was a secret. It ended up like being everywhere. He didn't take any visits outside of the top 10 because he knew the Eagles were picking at 10. Why would you move down for just a fourth-round pick? And I, I, I don't... Like if you just if you weren't cool with the character and stuff like that, like I understand that you want to take Darnell right, you get a right tackle, he's athletic, you want to protect Justin Field and figure out what he is before the season where you know we're gonna have two very highly rated quarterbacks coming in. I understand that. I don't understand him being rated first on your board and you move off that first guy for the fourth overall pick or fourth round pick. It's easy, Justice. If they had taken him, Mother McCaskey would have been very disappointed. Also, people lie, especially during this this season. That's that's I what guess. I always come back. Well, the Eagles, to, I guess, it. man. I don't know. The no, Eagles the, the Eagles. It. Yeah, like, for sure. The Eagles were like, okay, we have to give up a fourth round pick right now to be able to secure Jalen yeah. Carter. So, yeah, 
I'm I'm thinking maybe maybe that, that was one of those. All right, Bears Bears say, oh yeah, we we really like Jalen Carter, and then we're gonna extort an extra you know random pick out of Philly to move up one spot and and grab him when they had no in, intention of taking him in the first place. I don't know. I don't know. What were some other things in the first round that were even half interested? Forbes going before Gonzalez was weird. That was Forbes weird. is a uh, 160 something pound corner. Uh, we had a receiver run in the early 20s. That was finally when a couple of receivers went yeah. off the boards because we had uh, JSN went to Seattle at 20. It was it was four receivers in a row, I think. Yeah, with no trades, uh, which was even weirder. Yeah, that was crazy. So yeah, it was JSN, then it was Quentin Johnston to the Chargers, which that's a fit that just that that we should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers and and loving their their big body just go up and get contested catch receivers. Um, then it was what it was Zay Flowers, I think, Baltimore. to Baltimore at twenty twenty two, and then who was who was at twenty three? Jordan I'm Addison on twenty three now. Yeah, Jordan Addison, Addison to Minnesota. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, those four guys going off the board. Um, again, really like JSN was the only one who felt like a Packers type based on size and yeah. testing and everything. So the other three guys, you know, that's that's no skin off my back from a Packers perspective. Um, I think the guys that, that are more likely to, to be their targets are still out there. Guys like Hyatt guys like Mingo um, potentially as, as round two guys. Trying to look, is there any day two mock drafts out yet? Can we give <laughs> you examples of who is on the board? Or you know the two I want. And I think everyone on Twitter seems to be feeling the same way. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I can't find any day two mock drafts. We might need to. We might need to do that ourselves. Um, yeah. And by we, I mean me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there there weren't that many surprises to me in the first round, other than how it shook out at the top. Like Young <laughs> was always going to be the pick. I think the ownership at Houston made number two. Anderson yep. to the Texans. Richardson they did make a number two. You're right. <laughs> Witherspoon going five to Seattle was weird. He was the guy yeah, that everyone had pegged to the Lions, which is why I'm not surprised the Lions traded out of six. And then all that stuff happens. Like Tyree is still on the board at seven. I think there is a world where Gonzalez goes 10 picks higher to the Raiders. That's a lot of money, man. That dude lost a ton yeah. of money today. That sucks. And then Robinson goes nine. Carter goes to the Eagles, not in that same spot, but to the Eagles. And then, you know, the Bears go, you know, it's it's tackle, tackle for the Bears and Titans. They did announce Skaronsky as a guard, though. And then the line yeah. cut the pants at 12. So, all right, let me ask you this. Who's the most surprising player who's still on the board? Is it Levis? Is it Mayer? Is it Branch? Like, who are you most surprised that did not go in the first round? Probably Mayor. I would say Mayor just because quarterbacks are so tricky. Like, how many yeah. times have we seen these dudes just fall and not go where they're supposed to be projected? You know what I mean? So, I, I would say Mayor. I'm looking at the list of guys that I projected to go in the first round. And, you know, again, that, that little group chat dumb gambling thing we have going. Um, not the people on, on this call, by the way. This isn't a racketeer. You can't get me for the Rico offense. Uh, Will, Will <laughs> Levis, Hendon Hooker, Michael Mayer, uh, Adabawari, Adabari, sorry, 
I learned his name and then you've been pretty good with his name actually too. No, I've been impressed. Joey Porter, Brian Branch, and then Matthew Bergeron, who I had heard a lot of teams at the end of the first round were very interested in him potentially as a tackle. I think some of those teams would have taken Anton or him over Anton Harrison, who went 27 to the Jags. Um, I think he's probably going to go before the Packers yeah. pick at 42. Um, just seems I, like he has a lot of fans. Big board decide and consensus board and everything. I actually am a little surprised Brian Branch is still there simply because he's technically a safety and is far and away the highest rated one. Just doesn't fit a lot of teams. Yeah. Man. Like that's, oh, that I was, thought Jacksonville was going to take him. I think that's mostly what I, I did. Surprised. I did too. And I thought it was yeah. interesting that because I thought there was potential because the Giants flipped with Jacksonville, right? And then Jacksonville traded back after they had flipped. Um, I wonder if Jacksonville won Dante Banks because I know they were super active in DBs and offensive tackles. Uh, if, if you hadn't heard yet, and it's an AFC team, so it's not super relevant, but like Cam Robinson, the left tackle for the Jaguars, got suspended uh, for PD. So like they already needed to replace Juwan Taylor who uh, went to the Kansas City Chiefs, and now their left tackle was suspended. So they're we're not in a good place as far as the bookends in a bad bookend class. I don't know any other big surprises. I mean, it was chaotic for sure, and we didn't know it was going to happen. Um, I still think the Seahawks might have had the sneaky best draft because JSN with Lockett and DK Metcalf is pretty absurd, and then you get an absolute tone setter in Witherspoon. Uh, that's a pretty fun haul. I am a little surprised JSN didn't go until 20. Like my, my, I didn't think JSN was even necessarily going to be there at 13. I know, um, you know, NFL reacts, we do the polling and stuff like that for SB nation. Uh, they did a national poll. So like all, all the fan bases. And I think it was like 59% of fans thought that JSN would even be available at 13. So like 40% of people thought that he he was going to get picked in the top 12. Right. My whole thing with JSN was always like, you can't bank on that. Cause I wouldn't assume the first wide receiver in the draft is going to be there at 13. When we see, you know, all these reaches for wide receiver year after year, they actually did slip this season. So like, I don't know, maybe that one is the bigger surprise like that. And then Honestly, Murphy being there at 28 is a little bit of a bigger surprise than anyone who's on the board yeah. currently, I think. I still, I mean, still the biggest surprise of the first round was the Lions taking Gibbs at 12, though. That's, yeah. I, just, <laughs> dude, I mean, we're going to, we're going to get memed for, for better or worse for, for the next couple of years. Uh, uh, Packers and Lions. I mean, people fans did this with us, our reactions, but AJ Dillon, but. Yeah. Yeah. Gibbs was ranked the 29th player on the consensus draft board. He was picked 12th. Yeah. Big old reach. You tell, but, you tell me. Well, and, and especially for a team and that's I got. I don't really like him, to be honest. But. No, I, well, and especially for a team that's got two running backs already. They've got it. They've got DeAndre Swift, who can kind of play that same, same sort of role that I think Gibbs can play. And then they just signed David Montgomery to be kind of the, the pounder to replace Jamal Williams. I don't, I wonder I don't if they understand trade. it. I wonder if they're just so frustrated with Swift. Yeah, because he is a frustrating back. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna miss holes completely to the point where you're like, "Do you need LASIK or, or something?" Like not to be me. Like no <laughs> one misses open holes in this league like DeAndre Swift does. But he is also very talented, which is why he's still on the field. I wonder if they just got tired of it 
and they're just like Gibbs can give us kind of like what Swift does, and we'll just trade Swift on day two of the draft. I don't know. Yeah. But even then, you're tra- you're treading water with the twelfth pick of the draft. Like, yeah, come on, man, we can do better than that. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts? Do we have hopes? I mean, it's so Darnell Washington with one of the picks, right? Washington and Mingo. That's what I'm all in on. Yeah. Yeah, if we get either Washington, Mingo, Benton, or Dexter, like those four guys, yes. if, we can, if we can manage yeah, one of the D linemen too, if we yeah. can manage, you know, two of those four guys, I will be a very, very happy text at the end of the day tomorrow. Yeah, I think Bring my ben- list of three is is those four minus Mingo. I'm not totally sold on any of these wide receivers. I'm still cool with just like. Fourth round, let's go. A.T. Perry, let's do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stuff like that. So, like, you've been hyping us on A.T. Perry since like October. So, yeah. I respect the game. Benton, Dexter, Washington, those are my dudes. If we end up with one of them, I'm, I'm happy, frankly. Inarticulate cheese so, noises. Yeah. Stick, stick Burge around in there just in case he somehow lasts into the 40s, I guess. I don't hate that, actually. I'm probably going to watch him at some point tomorrow because he's a fun watch. What do you guys do before the draft? Like, I was just like, all right, well, I guess this is my gig. So, like, <laughs> like I, I, I got you, a couple gonna... posts up, and then I'm, like, twiddling my thumbs. I took a nap. I was just like, I got to, like, not think about the draft for a little bit. Because, like, I, I'll just I, look at the clock and just count down the hour. Yeah. T- today I worked I, I worked a full day this morning, you know, during the day today. Tomorrow, I, I always take off Friday the draft because – between day one and day two, there's no way I'm getting real work done. Uh, tomorrow, I got to go pick up a suit because I got to go to a buddy's wedding in a couple of weeks. So I got to go down and, and get that, go grab some lunch. I'll have uh, cheese curds up early in the morning before uh, before I head out. And then, yeah, I'm going to just kind of sit down and do some, probably some pre-writes for uh, a couple of these guys that, you know, that we might, uh, we think we've got a chance of getting. I'm just going like to sit a there lot healthier than me grinding offensive line that <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to sit out in a chair and just manifest. I'm just going to be manifesting the whole time. I'll probably number do zero. some number uh, zero, number zero propaganda. I'll probably do some propaganda. Keep going through Lucas Van Ness tape and just tweeting out only the highlights, making Let's people very mad. People think he stinks, dude. I, I don't think don't he's get bad. It. Yeah. There's, there's people who like, um, I get that like I'll people were concerned about. I'll get the uh, people were concerned about the athleticism and like his like background and not having a ton of like polish, but you can't say he's bad. I dude, I don't. I asked. Uh, so as part of my group chat, Deontay Lee of the Athletic and Benjamin Solek from the Ringer, they're both Eagles fans, and the question was uh, was proposed to us: What pick would make you the saddest? So that then, if that pick was made, like Charles McDonald's. Uh, Atlanta Falcons got B. John Robinson with the eighth pick. We can all point and laugh at them, right? My selection was <laughs> Don Kincaid at 13, specifically at 13. I was cool with them in a trade back, was not down with them at 13. They both said that their nightmare scenario was at 10, you know, Lucas Van Ness. And I think part of it is they were just really riding the Jalen Carter uh, hype train and, you know, good for them. They ended up getting it, but I just try to like pick their brain. They just don't think he's a very good player. Like they both like hmm. Nolan Smith more than him. Nolan Smith cannot do anything at the at the NFL level as an edge rusher. <laughs> like maybe he'll be able to do it at at outside linebacker, but like 
I don't think he could do it at edge rusher. So I don't know. I huh? I think Van Ness is going to make the Packers look pretty good in a couple of years. So I go to bed now. <laughs> good night. Good night. Go pack. On that go. note, go pack. Go. <laughs> oh, also, Twitter Spaces tomorrow. We're going to be yes. doing Twitter Spaces when we're on the clock. Come yeah, hang out I, with us. On I think Twitter. we're going to. Definitely. I think we're we're gonna have to wait after forty two unless there's a trade up and then we'll mm-hmm. you know, then we'll do a couple. But yeah, if there's if they go forty two, forty five, we'll just have to wait till forty five and, and then go. But we'll be on for a while. So join us. Sounds good. We'll to me. we'll have some fun. Go pack go. Sweet.